So this is today. Today is yesterday and tomorrow is also today. You traveled through time to the present. Yes. Yeah, I don't think you get how time travel works. It's like we're stuck. You know, like a, like a needle on a scratch record. I wake up every day right here, right in Punxsutawney, and it's always February 2nd. It's one of those infinite time loop situations you might have heard about. It's a thing where the same day keeps happening. Time. in a damn time loop or something well it's groundhog day again and that must mean that i'm professor robert eg black and i'm here with dave palace and sean german from groundhog minute here to discuss groundhog day again still welcome <laughs> God. honestly it's, it's when you sent me this I'm like this is a trip a trip back in time man oh my god yeah, it's been how many years since you would have covered yeah. this minute? Uh, God, I, I was it like four. four? <laughs> yeah. Gosh, Three, I remember four? just being in my little crappy apartment, like talking to Sean about our initial plans and like, oh my God. God. It's, 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 it's honest to God, it's like going through, uh, it's a, it's that scene in the movies where they go through their old wedding photos <laughs> and, and, and like, the, and, and like, yeah, you get the wedding <laughs> footage and stuff. And they're like, on the couch like what happened to us and oh remember this and everything was perfect <laughs> so it's like going through this yeah we were so young then god what happened so what is your experience of this film <laughs> uh all uh, right okay. uh i'll say that you know enjoyed the film before before all the projects and the, and the minutes by minutes definitely enjoyed the film obviously i i, I enjoyed bill Murray in this I think it really just came down to just I remember just Sean was posting about Groundhog Day. And I was like, <laughs> who is this son of a bitch who keeps posting about Groundhog Day? And I'm like, I'm watching you, chief. I'm watching you, buddy. And then eventually we we're just like, he was like, what do you want to do it? I went, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll do it. Like, I like to be out. I do it. That's that's, that's that, that was my perspective. And then we done did it. Yep. And if, if not for the two of you doing that show, I might not be doing a podcast right now. Oh my God. Look at that timeline, Sean. Yeah. If we never we were like that guy who did that blog about ground, uh-huh. like, should we call him? And we just never did. Like, what would happen? The, yeah. <laughs> the what yeah. What what if? Yeah. What if we never we never <laughs> called Robert Black? Um yeah. Yeah. Um, that's amazing. So I really uh uh what if uh well what if Danny Rubin replied to me or, or yeah. replied in the affirmative? When I meet Mal Tim about my podcast, then he might not have been on mine. Exactly. And he came on Groundhog Minute instead yeah. of uh, the Groundhog Project. Who knows? But uh, yeah, I mean, this is and this is the film that got me into podcasting. I've told this story before, but quickly, my brother, Brian, who does a podcast with me now, he introduced me to this kind of movie by minute format with Star Wars Minute. And instantly, like I knew like this, like I... I want to do this movie. I want to do Groundhog Day one minute at a time. And that's, you know, wasn't the, actually, actually wasn't the first podcast I did because I wanted to do it right. I'm like, when I do this film, I want to have some experience. I want to be, 
you know, not good, but maybe not so bad. Yeah. But yeah, this is why, why I did any podcasting. The reason I bought a microphone was specifically to, to talk about this film one minute at a time, which I did. And in true Groundhog Day fashion, I'm here. I'm doing it again. <laughs> yeah, at least, at least in again. part. And I'm sure I'll have you back again because I have committed now yeah. to covering these three films for a couple years, once a week for, yeah. Yeah. So it'll be a while. Of course, I did commit to this film for a year before watching it every day. Yeah. No one can say you're afraid of commitment. No, no. No. God. <laughs> yeah. Now, it, minute two, of course, is fairly early. We are, it's our first time seeing Phil on the screen because we just got uh, titles and clouds last time. Yeah. We get the tail end a little bit of that Nina Rota esque score oh, yeah. that was going on, uh, you know, over those clouds and sky. And yeah, we meet the man, Phil Connors doing what he does and i did note this time we hear his name first mm -hmm. and he says it and we see his hand in this big open space before we see his yeah. face so he's introduced gradually not slowly because it's all in this minute yeah but I, I like that we hear his name and we see this blue background and of course he says he had the question last minute was all we got somebody asked me today phil if you could be anywhere in the world where would you like to be he answers and i said to him probably right here elko nevada Although he says probably right here and we see his hand on a big blue empty space. So I mm -hmm. think this is, it's his own fault. All of this. He just wants to be in a big blue empty space. Exactly. Yeah. But he says Elko, Nevada, our nation's high at 79 today, which is not true. Elko, Nevada's average temperature in February is 41. What was that year though? Was it warm? I believe that year it was 43. I looked, I had it in my blog from a different source. It was not hot. I don't know why they picked Elko, Nevada. That's one thing I've never figured out. I should have asked. Danny, that. If this line had been last minute, I would have asked him. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I did wonder about that. I don't know. I didn't look up specifically where Elko, Nevada is, what part of Nevada or um, or what the weather might be in February. But I thought that was odd because there's areas further south yeah. from Nevada, the New Mexico, Arizona. And then you, you got Hawaii. You've got other areas that get warm, the southern tip of Florida and so forth. Maybe, uh, maybe Phil's not such a great weather man. Do you ever think of that? <laughs> I, I think I think this minute and and the next suggest he is a good weatherman. Yeah, he just doesn't like it. He just doesn't like it, but he's good I at think it. He's good at it. Yeah, he certainly he works the blue screen. Oh yeah, he he's got that part of the job down pat. Now I noticed something, and it's weird for for a film that I've seen so many times and and, and, and talked about in great length that I can still discover new things. We actually do see. There are monitors on both sides yes. of the blue screen. So no matter which way Phil is facing, he, you know, he kind of sees what's on the blue screen. Yeah. He can, he can see what he's pointing at. But this is interesting, kind of going back to what we talked about the previous episode. We we're talking about a different film, but we we're talking about ex machina and artificial intelligence and computer learning and vision and cameras. And we spent a significant amount of time this minute not looking at Phil, mm -hmm. but looking at a TV screen yep. with an image of Phil. Yeah. After the blue screen, we, we also see a shadow before we see him. Yeah. Oh, we cut to it's not even the image from the monitor. It's the camera pointed at the monitor. Mm -hmm. So we're seeing him through a screen. So an extra disconnect yeah. as he does his job fairly well. I mean, at least for some of this, 
he's looking at the screen. So we're looking at a screen with an image of Phil Connor looking at the screen that with we're the image at. of Phil Connor yeah. that we're looking at. That's a very, yep. that's <laughs> exactly. a very Bill Murray thing. Watch it, Bill, just watch himself. Yeah. Oh, Getting high on his own supply. <laughs> it's his favorite person in the room at any time. <laughs> sure. And I, I actually don't have notes on his, his, some of his jokes here. Cause I've written about him extensively before mm-hmm. out in California. They're going to have some warm weather tomorrow, gang wars and some very overpriced real estate Yeah, up in the Pacific Northwest. As you can see, they're going to have some very, very tall trees. <laughs> I wonder if that maybe that's the bit like when you watch the the the, the Pittsburgh action news <laughs> you watch Phil and just completely lie to you like you can't like maybe like the data right there because you never see what it says on the screen so we have to say when he says the nation's high we're like well no that's obviously false but that's just Phil Connors <laughs> for you just, just comedy weather just not even care yeah, yeah. this is not Don't necessarily the news weather report <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Imagine, imagine just like you're watching the weather, man, and like the stats are correct, but he just doesn't acknowledge <laughs> the stats, and you're like, so you just you, you look at the numbers, you go, okay, so it's gonna be sunny tomorrow, and they're like, yeah, Phil just completely lies to you about what's actually going on. You're like, that's that's a good chuckle. So you get a little entertainment out of it. Nice. You can't take, yeah, you can't take what Phil says at face value. Uh, it will be clear across the Rockies and the Great Plains mostly, mm-hmm. but look out, here comes trouble, and this is when he blows the clouds into the area, which. <laughs> Again, he's responsible for his own problems. He just put the storm in position. (laughs) (laughs) This is well, because later on, he'll say he believes as the weatherman, he makes the weather. I make the weather. Exactly. He does. He just did. Yeah, he he just did. He put the blizzard there. Yeah, I don't know why he says it's going to skip. I I mean, I don't know. Then again, maybe I should. Yeah, from the look of the screen, it's not. Like it looks like the entire North Atlantic is uh-huh. going to get hit with something. That front is really big. Yeah. But look out. Here comes trouble. Oh boy. Front coming our way. Look out. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's like, yeah, Virginia to like New York City is probably just <laughs> going to get there. It probably all got snowed mm-hmm. in. Well, and it's not that far because it's only, so he says it's going to hit Altoona, which is about 90 miles east of Pittsburgh. Yeah. I mean, I guess it's, you know, if, if you're riding your bike or you're skateboarding, whatever, that's kind of far. But, you know, talking about climate, that's not that far. And then that's yeah. And then Punxsutawney is even further east. Like it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's very close to Altoona. So later on. So, I mean, here he's saying, oh, that the snow is going to miss Pittsburgh. That's fine. But then later on, he's like incredulous that the blizzard might hit Punxsutawney. Yeah. It's like you, you said it was going to hit Altoona. That's, you're not that far off. Oh, my God. You're right. It's only 55 miles. Yeah. Also, well, his news report isn't just for Pittsburgh. That's not how big city news works. Yeah, us. <laughs> no, you're, you're absolutely right. The us. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's going to be like a regional. Yeah, not every little town. Yeah, he's just close Pittsburgh call is folks. Have like, yeah. those people don't matter. Close Altoona call. doesn't matter. Yeah, Altoona doesn't yeah, people, matter. Yeah, exactly. Close call folks. People Altoona. Oh, you're, you're, you're weak and slammed. <laughs> Get the shovels out. Yeah. But yeah, God, it's so funny how, yeah, you're right. They're like, he's threading the needle as if like Pittsburgh is like, right. you're barely going to miss it if, if you're going to be close. Yeah. You said it, Dave, like people, they tune in to the other channel. Like Pete, they know, like, if you need to know the weather, you go to channel seven. <laughs> if you want to be entertained, then you go to Phil Connors and channel nine. Like exactly. people are not here for yes. the, the, the weather. They're here for the, the quips, for the tall trees and, and gang warfare and, and, you know, all that stuff, <laughs> you know. So like, is it, you know, like he, he, he can do a good weather report. He's just so jaded and bored with it that he's, he's, 
you know, he's having fun. But he, yeah, he does he's also explain it, it though, because you know, it's cold, frigid yeah. Arctic air. It's big mass mm-hmm. coming up out of the north. It's going to meet up with all this moisture coming up out of the Gulf. It's going to mix together at high altitudes. High altitude, and toss some snow. snow. That is that is actually pretty nice. Like that's a that's a very like explain it to me like I'm yeah. high weather. Because <laughs> you're right, a lot of meteorologists are like high front, low pressure makes a lot of pressure, and you're like, I don't. I don't know what that means. Pressure, like sinus pressure, like what kind of pressure are we talking about? And then they just, just, just get to the numbers part. And then the next screen is like numbers, temperature. Okay. I got that. Yeah. And then like little symbols. Oh, that's a rain symbol. I'm going to have rain. <laughs> and then he proceeds to walk away after saying close call folks. Let's take a look at the five day, which I guess he's memorized or he's just making it up. We don't know. Oh, you're right. Cause usually they'll, they'll stand there and then the screen yeah. changes to the five-day forecast, but he uses that time to walk to the desk. But yeah, I'm like, I'm, as he's leaving, I'm watching the screen, and it's, I think they're doing a, a graphic fadeaway because you can just about see the Action News logo of the of the map do that like boxy <laughs> flip yeah. away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they're flipping the, I guess, just back at her at the desk, which would be weird to just kind of like box it. And it's like he's just walking on the screen. It's, it is the, the you know whoever the programming editor is like, I can't just do it this like. I don't know. They just project it over his face. Like <laughs> so they, they fill up the screen and he, he just leaves, it just which leaves. it's nice. Cause it's, he's good at his job and he's a smart ass. We don't yet know that he's a dick. So that this minute he's still a good person. I think. Yeah, no, he's yeah. Yeah. He, he'll be a good person until next minute. Yeah. Is when we find out next minute, we find out he's a dick. <laughs> he makes it all the way to minute three of the film. And then, <laughs> then we can start hating on him. Yeah. Now I thought this was weird. The credits that come in this minute, but they don't start until 39 seconds in. Yeah, there's a gap. Yeah. Is that just so as the audience, so that we're focused on Phil, that we're not distracted? I assume visually that that was the point. And they didn't want to put, I'm forgetting now where they put them. Because I didn't put in my notes, which ones went over the blue screen, if any. Because maybe they just didn't want any on the blank space, even though that's a good place for credits. Yeah. They want us to focus in on what he's doing. And then we get some of the other actors, but I'll talk about actors later, unless you have something specific you want to reference. I'll talk about them when they show up on screen, not their names. Well, do you have anything to say about Stephen Tobolowski, Sean? <laughs> great guy. Yeah. That? I mean, uh, you know, Tobo is a great guy. Actually, reach out to me. He might do your podcast. I was. Um, yeah, I've, I've yeah, met I- him. He was very nice. So, yeah, yeah, I had, a, I had a chance to talk with uh, Tobolowski just before Groundhog Day 2021. And uh, I, he didn't. He, yeah, he wasn't on mic for the podcast, but we ended up doing a special episode where we talked about what he had talked about with us to, to go up a level. So if you want to hear me talk about Tobolowski with Dave, tune in to uh, that was a special episode of Groundhog Minute at GroundhogMinute.com. Always be plugging. Yeah. <laughs> Anything else on Minute 2 specifically? Uh, let's see. Uh, you know, just yeah. this, this yeah. is a warm blanket for me. That's all I got to say about this. Just watching it. Just be like, man, God fills it for such an adventure. Yeah. And this is really nice. This is one of the things, you know, talking about a film that we've we've all seen and talked about a lot. This introductory section before we get to Punxsutawney, before we even get into the van, these first few minutes this is the part of the film that really gets better for me every time I watch it. Huh. You know, this, this time we get to spend with Phil and his, you know, everyday natural habitat. I don't know. What, I don't know why, for whatever reason, maybe I think, I think like the first time I didn't really think that much, you like kind of want to get into it or I would want to get into it. Let's get into the loops. Let's get to, 
you know, needle nose Ned, yeah. let's get into the fun. Yeah. But then uh, kind of watching it more and really appreciating just the, the kind of setup, the getting to know Phil introduction into this character in this world. It's it's a nice it's a nice way to start the film. And honestly, like watching this beginning makes me think about how like the, I know the weirdest things I did. Like I did that third act twist in the podcast where like I didn't like the ending of the movie, <laughs> mm-hmm. but it's because yeah. I got so in love with Punks and Tawny and Phil that I didn't want the ending just to be like a love story about him and Rita. Yes. I wanted it to be like him and Rita now can experience a new day together, and he's happy and he's excited to be sharing with her. And I always want to know, like, you know, he says, yeah, let's move here and stuff. But it's like, I want to know what they do the next day. I almost want, like, Phil to be sad that he's leaving Punxsutawney. Like, I always, I just want the ending to be more. I just want more. Just, I want to see him almost like, it sounds weird to, like, say, like, I want him to be sad when, at the end of the film. But it's like, I want him to almost be sad that, like, I have to leave Punxsutawney for now, but I want to come back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. With as long as some people say he's been in the time loop i don't know if he'd even register the difference at first he'd be so confused that's true yeah like a new day would be the weirder than the time loop probably was in the first place yeah i know we didn't talk we talked around it but that that palm springs movie mm-hmm. the sad part about that was is that andy sandberg's character had been in the loop so long he doesn't remember anything he doesn't remember yeah. what life was prior to this right and that's kind of yeah. it's like that's like the worst sad thing it's like his memory of what it was beforehand is like, you know. Yeah, I mean, there's a certain optimism. I mean, there's a lot of optimism in the film, but that particular optimism where just being trapped in this loop and repeating it, that you go crazy, you go suicidal, you kind of reach the end of your rope, but you loop around and you kind of hang in there. Eventually you come back around and you become sane again. Yeah. You know, kind of pass through the other side of the insanity, which I, I don't know how realistic that is. If you could be in this situation, do you come out kind of normal at the end the way Phil does? Or is he normal? Is it just, you know, does that wear off? And does it become like Inception? You know, like the people that they don't know if they're in the dream or not. They lose the ability to tell. Does Phil, you know, everyone else is like, you know, hey, it's it's February 15th guy. And, and Phil's going, oh, it's Groundhog Day again. You know, <laughs> does he think he's still in the loop even when he's not? He still does the same things every day. Yeah. And they all just humor him. They'll just All the locals. Yeah. He's he, yeah, he's he's out there at Gobbler's Knob. He's the only one. He's like holding an old microphone that's not plugged into anything. <laughs> They're like, yes. Yeah. The Groundhog. Yeah. He saw his shadow again this year, Phil. There you go. <laughs> Speaking of Palm Springs, for example, we have a segment for this show, Time Loop of the Week where we can talk about other time loop things. Most of life is just junk, right? It's it's filler. Mm. And then there's these moments when all the randomness turns into something perfect. It's like life's dropping all the bullshit for a second to show us how amazing it could be all the time if it wanted to. Hmm. I don't know. I think maybe we're supposed to become like better people. No, I honestly don't even know how that could be possible. Ever think about it? We must miss so many of them. All those tiny perfect things are just poof, gone, lost forever. But not today. That is a disturbingly inspirational idea, Mark. It's a perfect day. You couldn't plan a day like this. Well, you can. It just takes an awful lot of work. Time. last revision is what counts apparently 
What if we found them all? All the perfect things in this one town, in this one day, we could collect them. So what is a either one that's worth watching because it's great or even one that's horrible? I mean, there's some bad ones out there. For either of you, I say I say since we're all the time, I say Palm Springs. I I enjoyed it. Maybe I was a big fan of the ending because it was like you have to atomically blow up at the right time. And I was like, you know what? The movie falls apart when you start like having to like I have to quantum science answer it. Well, yeah, it became science fiction. Mm-hmm. I don't. I think I think yeah. that's what I like. I think I like the Groundhog Day where it's some kind of higher power ethereal thing where it's never explained. We don't know what magic or dark arts is doing it, but at the end, we're a better person. At the end of Palm Springs, if I remember correctly, it's like they got out and they leave the information for the, what's his name? J. John Jameson actor. I can't remember his name right now. For him to do it. And then, you know, it's like, oh, they'll break the loop. And, and I'm just like, you know, I don't know. I just, I, 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 I guess just when they started getting too sciencey and trying to explain it, I, it, it fell off for me. I kind of like the ethereal, be a better person and you'll break the loop. Like, I don't know if I actually like learned any lessons. I think we'll call that a a Connor's loop, this kind. And I I need a classification system if I'm going to cover different time loops. So a Connor's loop is that one that it it just. Yeah, Connor's loop is a morality one, Mm. whereas the Palm Springs ones is just like a science quantum loop where it's like, you don't have to be a better or worse person as long as you just know the science of how to blow up at the same time that you enter the portal and break the loop, but you leave it. Mm I actually thought, Dave, that you would take the opportunity to talk about Dark. Oh, God, Dark. I, we don't have the time. But, but that is a different kind we, of loop. because, yeah. Despite the characters saying it, the loop does not repeat. Yes, it's cycles. It's not, it's not a loop. It's like a cycle. It's yeah. like a- It bugged me in like season three when the character's like, we need to save all those people from going through that over and over. I'm like, they're only going through it yeah. once. To you, it feels like- Because they yeah. don't remember to, it. <laughs> yeah, to them, it feels like this is happening a thousand times. But yeah. I think it's it's more just like a roller coaster where each loop kind of goes back to where the first loop is like, but it's a separate loop. It's hard to describe in, in, yeah. in visual thing, but it's like corkscrew loop. And then the second loop goes back farther. It's a bigger loop, if you will. And then the third one goes back yeah. as well to the first one, but then it leaves. So it's, yeah, but like it, what that is a great show, but like, we don't have enough time to talk about how great that show is, but <laughs> it is three seasons and it is very heavy. It's very meaty. It's very German, but it was really good. Yeah. You got one worth mentioning, Sean? Yeah, actually, the loop, speaking of sort of the, the science loops, the one I pulled out was uh, Cause and Effect, which is a season five episode of Star Trek The Next Generation, yeah. which originally aired, I guess, right around the time the script for Groundhog Day was being written and revised in early 92. So it came out about a year before Groundhog Day, but it was uh, you know, the, the Starship Enterprise and its voyage through the galaxy gets caught in a time. And a great opening too. Yeah. Like the ship that's our main thing in the show and it blows up. It's like, um, that's not supposed to happen. I don't remember seeing it originally, but I recently did or within the past few years did a rewatch of you know the next generation, the whole series. And it's a different kind of effect watching it kind of streaming straight through. Because I think the way it's originally cut is before each of the commercial breaks, the ship blows up. I believe so, yeah. <laughs> so you see like Enterprise blows up and then cut to commercial. Yep. You're like, uh, is it going to come back? What's going to happen? Is the series over? <laughs> Who knows? You have to stay tuned to find out. So cause and effect from uh, Next Generation. My time loop of this week would be what I think is the latest one. 
most recent. A quick interruption from editing, because at the time I recorded this episode, yes, it was the latest, but there's been at least one more time loop thing since the movie Christmas Again, which I think I mentioned in a later episode. Which is an episode of What If, episode 104, What If Doctor oh, Strange yeah. Lost His Heart Instead of His Hands, mm-hmm. which is not a Connors loop, it's not morality. It is deliberate, it is magical, and the character is doing it to himself because he wants to fix the car accident. I feel like you should call that the H.G. Wells loop. From what? Like the time machine, you know? But right? in the original story, he's not doing that. That's a movie part. Oh, the movie. Yeah, the Guy, Pier- the the guy, guy Pierce, Pierce loop. loop. Yeah, they, they had So it's that. a Guy Pierce loop. The guy, the Pierce loop, yeah. <laughs> the Pierce loop, yeah. See, I was about to complain about that episode was yeah. that, like, they never set up Rachel McAdams as, like, that much of a love interest in the Doctor Strange movie. Yeah, and she's barely in there. You kind of forget about her, and you're like, he's never even brought her up. He's like, like, in our main timeline, like, I'm sure, like, she didn't get dusted, or if she get dusted, doesn't matter, she's brought back. Has he ever brought her to the Sanctum? Like, hey, check it out, this is where uh, I do my magic at. Like, she's never involved, so it's like, it was such a weird thing for him to be like, I gotta save her. I'm like, what the hell? What was she a big <laughs> Yeah, it's like a, I guess I call it a 1201 loop, maybe. It's 12.01 p.m. and 12.01, the TV movie. We're sort of about trying to break out of the loop, the science fiction side. The short film is so, I love that thing. It's, yeah, because there's an interesting property of all these loops is that, so everything's the same, or almost everything's the same, because... That's why it's a loop. I mean, if everything was different, that's the normal flow of time. But then there's always like the key difference. There's the key thing that has to change mm-hmm. usually to get, well, in, in the you know Groundhog Day morality type loop is a kind of an inner personal change you need to make. Or even in the uh, a Pierce loop, there's you know a technological change or something you have to figure out. Like something needs to change in a storyline that's premised on everything being the same but yeah logically that makes sense yeah that's one of the things my problems i guess with like time crimes Mm -hmm. is that nothing can change it just happens yeah and so the main character even though he makes choices his choices are based on what's already happened right and will happen and it it becomes kind of strange because ultimately he's not growing as a person he doesn't really have an arc but also i like the movie so i don't know and we'll keep working on the classification system as well, because there's lots of different versions of time loops and time loop adjacent stories. If you ever get Jim O'Kane on, ask him about travelers. Because <laughs> <laughs> no, he, he, he was the only person I knew that I like, watched it along with me. And I remember like the finale, I think, was like either right around New Year's Day. I just remember like spending New Year's Day, like talking and be like, that was a really good show. <laughs> so and that, that had to do with, uh, you know, time travel yeah. and stuff. So. There's going to be a lot of time loops to cover. Oddly enough, there are more than I will have time for because there's more than there are minutes in this movie, but I will try. Otherwise, I will also link to the, I have an IMDb list where I keep them all. Yeah. So at the end, like just, just like how the website, just like have a scrolling list, yeah. like a credits list. I'll, I'll do an movies. audio list when we get to the credits. Although the credits in this movie aren't very long, so I won't need a lot of filler. Yeah. There you go. There's your, there's your filler yeah. and bonus stuff. Here's just a like list of all up. of the movies. And TV shows and in alphabetical order, you just say it with a dead voice. I need to also read what is the sort of official first time loop. It was a, a story called The Defense of Someone. I forget the full title. Was this like an old book? Are we talking like 1700s? No, it's from like, like the early 1900s. Okay. But TV Tropes credits it as the first time loop. And I don't think anyone's found an earlier one as such. Yeah. Imagine there was a a Greek 
drama. Well, arguably you know? Sisyphus is the first time loop because oh, he, right. his uh, punishment he, is he has to push the rock up the hill and then it has to just do it again and do it again. Yeah, I would say what's what's older, that or the concept of the Ouroboros, like eating its own. Right. Yeah. That's one of the things I will have to figure out because I got to find new things to say about Groundhog Day that I haven't said before. <laughs> oh, man, what a challenge. I could just copy and paste from blog entries and never say anything new, but I don't want to yeah, do that. That's not you. Right. That's not your play. Exactly. I will reference those things, of course, but not all the time. That's too much. In the meantime, if the listeners want to hear you, we'll start with Sean this time. Sean, where can they hear more of you? Yeah, sure. You can check me out. My current show that I do with my brother, Brian, is Next Scene Podcast. We're at nextscenepod.com and at nextscenepod on the social media. And what we do is take on pop culture one scene at a time. Usually it's a scene from a film, but sometimes we're talking about an episode of a television show or a song from an album, a chapter from a book. We talk about that one scene. And then uh, for the next episode, it's on to the next scene. So that's at nextscenepod.com. And Dave? Yeah, I'm from Five Minutes of Mystery, where I cover the 1999 superhero comedy ensemble Mystery Men. And I was on a few episodes of Next Scene Podcast where I don't know, we never talked about a scene. We You just told me to talk about Shane Black. And then we just talked a lot about Shane Black movies. So <laughs> yeah, that's on you, Sean. Sean and Brian don't understand their own premise. No, they no. don't. I was like, all right, we'll cover the whole film, I guess. It's it's a work in progress. That's all. <laughs> that's a, that's a, yeah. So thank you for listening. The Groundhog Day Project Minute by Minute is just one part of an existential trilogy of podcasts. Tune in every Tuesday for Minutia X Machina, every Wednesday for more Groundhog Day, and every Thursday for Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Minute. Follow this show on Twitter at Groundhog Day MXM and on Instagram and Facebook at Groundhog Day Project. This has been a production of Lemming Drop Studio. You can find links to more at lemmingdrops.com or join the Facebook group Lemming Drop Studio Tour. Also, you can support all my shows at patreon.com slash lemmingdrops where I have a bonus show, Twin Peaks Radio, and bonus reviews occasionally. Until next time. What is wrong in the end which never comes? Or which comes again and again. Lap, lap, laughing. Like waves. How, I don't know. How do you sleep at night? You've never seen Groundhog Day? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know Groundhog Day is not a documentary. Man, are you hungry? I haven't eaten since later this afternoon. Now, I realize the one problem with the three of us talking about Groundhog Day is that was a very short episode, I think, <laughs> so far. Yeah. There is more to talk about.